This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Matthew chapter 4 in the Word of God tonight. And uh, we'll uh, get to our text here in a moment. Let me mention a couple of final things there on the table. There are some outreach materials. We have a course called Netcasters. There's a tackle box there. That's the whole course in one box. All the materials, workbook, access to the videos, uh, various uh, um, materials that go with it, view book, uh, flip charts, and so on. Uh, separate from that, you can buy some of the materials that uh, are a part of it. There's a track called the How Track. Uh, at the bottom it says, Discover How to Have Eternal Life. So obviously this is a gospel track that you can give to a lost person, but it is uh, printed in a way. It's colorful. It's... Uh, clear and you can use it as a uh, kind of a flip chart to just walk through the gospel. In other words, if you're thinking, man, I just, you know, I, I, I don't have good, uh, I don't memorize well. Well, if you get a tool like this, I tell people, look, if you can learn to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit and if you can read, <laughs> you can use a tool like this. And uh, it's been neat. Uh, many that have come to the Net, uh, Netcaster courses, sometimes the modules that we have, uh, have led their first soul to Christ, and God's used this little tool as they've trusted in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's been an absolute delight. So those are available in packages of 25, and we have uh, two different websites. There is the uh, Revival Focus website, uh, where the materials that are on the table are available. I have a blog, uh, generally about two hour, uh, articles a week uh, going out, dealing with the themes that you're hearing uh, throughout this week. I have a Q&A blog. That gets really interesting. Uh, occasionally somebody asks me a question. I have no idea, and I write them personally. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, if it's in the vein of what we're after, uh, then that's been a lot of fun. And so uh, uh, you can see uh, that there. And for those of you that are social media uh, understanders, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, whatever they do, like like us on Facebook and whatever, if you could do that. Uh, my colleagues tell me, look, you, you always forget to say that. This is one meeting where I did not forget. Get it. So uh, at any rate, whatever that means. Uh, but we also have another website called Salvation Focus. And uh, this is simply a gospel website. Uh, these little cards here uh, have packages of uh, 50 cards. Uh, there's a Q, uh, QR code on the front uh, that takes people right straight to the video presentation of the gospel. Uh, and uh, so it can be used in that fashion. Now, if you don't know what a QR code is, just give this to someone under 40 and they will know what to do with it. <laughs> but uh, there's the musical recordings and the other books uh, that are available there too. Well, what a joy to be back here at Good News for this week. I can't believe it's Friday night, but it is. And uh, I, uh, I was really blessed coming in um, a week ago on Saturday right here in these front uh, um, pews, hearing the heart cry, sensing the desire for God to work, and knowing that, okay, somebody's been praying. <laughs> and uh, it's been a delight throughout the week to have... Uh, upturned faces, and uh, those the, the eager eyes to hear from God. You know, wow, that's really neat. Do you know, as a preacher, we can tell if, uh, if we're preaching to eyeballs or eyelids. <laughs> Believe me, man, we know. <laughs> but uh, uh, when the eyes are open, it's more than just the eyes open. It's when there's that anticipation to hear from God. And this has been wonderful this week. It's been a delight. It's a uh, I told your pastor, it reminds me of my father's church in Chicago that I grew up in the old Market Manor Baptist Church. A lot of similarities here, and I just, uh, it's just been a re refreshing. And so I uh, enjoyed uh, talking with uh, many of you before and after the services, again, about the truth, which means people are listening. It's not just, you know, filling the duty and going on. And so uh, that's, that's just a thrill. And uh, I'm sure the Lord will continue to work as he's been working here. And so I uh, appreciate uh, those of you that have come every night. I know others have come every, uh, every night that you could. And appreciate those that have uh, listened in on live stream and joining us in that way as well. And as uh, Pastor uh, Davis mentioned, been neat uh, to reconnect uh, with them. I remember coming here four years ago and seeing him after I hadn't seen him for a long time. And then when I heard that he was then uh, now on staff, I thought, well, this is really going to be neat. And to see him and Dietra. Dietra, by the way, was in my dad's church in Florida. Now, I wasn't in that one because I wasn't around yet. But <laughs> not that she's older than me, but... <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, uh, we've had some good times telling stories from some of those days as well. Uh, but back in the uh, Show My People Choir days, what a blessing Brother Davis was. You know, it's been interesting too. 
in our world today, uh, a, lot of, a lot of different changes in the whole music scene and just even the approach of the platform and, and what we call song leading and whatever. Um, and it's fascinating to me to have a true minister of music. I think you could say it this way, a minister of truth through music. Because as we're singing, even happened tonight, there's moments where there's, there's a change of pace. There's somebody <laughs> paying attention to what we're singing, causing us to pay attention. I'm going to tell you, that is a blessing. Uh, really, I, I just, I, I just uh, rejoice. And we've learned so much from him uh, back in those choir days that has been a blessing to us over the years. It has been an absolute delight uh, to reconnect and just catch the heart and uh, just be blessed uh, through that ministry of music once again. And then, as your pastor said, we go back a long way. And our tracks and our, our, uh, our journeys have been similar in a lot of ways, uh, both in geography, <laughs> uh, but in other ways as well. And uh, I have really uh, enjoyed this week, but uh, just the whole connection over the years, uh, your pastor has been one of those that has not just uh, uh, drifted with the flowing of the time. That's a blessing, folks. To be anchored to the rock who is a person. The Bible says that God is our rock. <laughs> and uh, it's just wonderful to again uh, we, uh, be fellowshipping around that, uh, that dynamic. And we've had some wonderful conversations. I so appreciate uh, his heart and desire to see God uplifted and see the work of God go forward in our day. As the Lord brings us to divine, we do appreciate your prayer. Eh, a little... Oddball dynamics this week, you know, a wreck, whatever. <laughs> I've had fender benders over the year, you know, they're usually in parking lots because of my pickup truck, and I didn't have one of those video screens. I got to thinking, you know, if I had a video screen, I wouldn't even have those little uh, dings in the parking lot. I haven't been in a wreck wreck since, uh, since high school, but this was a wreck wreck, and this was the worst one I've been in. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> you know, you're, thinking, you're thinking it's over. <laughs> and, you know, because a lot of times, you know, you maneuver, you avoid, you, you know, I couldn't maneuver out of this one and uh, so forth, but the Lord did protect us. And I remember thinking, I'm still in one piece, and I don't think anything's broken. A little bit bruised, <laughs> a little bit sore on Monday night. I didn't know if uh, that was going to affect anything. But uh, at any rate, the Lord takes care of us. It's amazing all the miles that we put on and... Uh, uh, really so little that uh, happens and the Lord allows certain things sometimes I don't understand it <laughs> but he allows certain things for all of us and he knows what he's doing well been a joy to be back here we'll certainly be in prayer for you as the Lord brings us to mind we appreciate uh, your prayer for us well Matthew chapter 4 where we'll look tonight much of this week we've been dealing with what it is to step into personal revival to step into the spirit filled life and know it and by the way the way you know it is by faith can you be saved and know it? Sure. Well, how do you know? Because when you believe on Jesus, you have eternal life. Why? Because it says so. That's how you know. <laughs> That's the infallible assurance. Well, can you be cleansed or clean and know it? Well, absolutely. Look at that Sunday morning. You walk in the light. You get honest with God. You just get... Uh, thoroughly honest without making excuses and the blood of Jesus cleans you up and you can take that clean heart and know you're clean not because you feel it but because the Bible says so now friends night after night we're looking at various aspects of the spirit for life the spirit for life is the same way there's the provision of the spirit of Jesus in us to impart to us his very life his very uh, uh, his very holiness and as we take as we trust and then he enables us so that when we obey, it's not just us trying to fake it. It's him imparting his very life. And as we are trusting him to do that, friends, he is. Why? Because the Bible says so. Christ lives in us, dot, 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 by faith. In other words, he's in us, but you miss out on the benefit if you don't take him at his word. But when you do take, he's working. Why? Because the Bible says so. Now, tonight, let's go beyond life to service. Let's go beyond uh, accessing Christ in us to us, to Christ in us, through us, out to others. But let's do it from the angle that the Lord has really emphasized in this particular meeting, and that is with a focus on Jesus himself. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 4. I'll begin to read in verse 18. The inspired text says, And Jesus... <laughs> 
walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers, fisher, fishermen. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway, which means immediately, left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship, with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. They immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Now, according to John chapter 1, they'd already met Jesus. But now Jesus comes to them, looks them in the eye, and says, follow me. <laughs> and friends, they began a journey with the master fisherman himself. The title of the message tonight is Journey with the Master Fisherman. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. I thank you so much, Lord, for this church. Lord, your presence here, these people, the heart cry, the hunger, this pastor, Lord, and all that are a part of this staff, Lord, uh, uh, the youth pastor, the various uh, ones on the various parts of the staff. Lord, I've enjoyed all of these men and, and their hearts this week. Now, Lord, continue to bless Lord, tonight, open our eyes once again. May this truth fit in with the other truths. And Lord, I pray that you would accomplish your purpose in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would further us in this journey with you. And I pray that you would further us in the matter of fishing for souls. So Lord, I plead again the victory of Jesus through the shed blood. Manifest your victory tonight over the enemy. And Lord, make this night count. Make this week count. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Sea of Galilee, as we read it in our scriptures, is about 12 and a half miles from north to south and seven and a half miles from east to west. There is a fish that is the predominant fish in the Sea of Galilee, this lake, this very deep water lake. And today it's called St. Peter's Fish. It wasn't called that in Peter's day, but uh, it uh, uh, is now called St. Peter's Fish. It's really a tilapia. It's a beautifully uh, tasting fish. Uh, boy, I've enjoyed the fish this week, but at any rate, and the uh, seafood. But uh, uh, that's the fish in the Sea of Galilee. And these men are fishing with nets. They're net casting, and they have those circular nets that they throw out, and then uh, at that moment, uh, uh, pull on that rope and bring it back in, hopefully filled with fish. And that's uh, what these men were, uh, had done during the night, and now it's morning time. We know from the Gospel of Luke that they fished during the night. And so they're mending their nets, they're cleaning things up, they're taking care of matters. And uh, Jesus, in this early morning hour, is walking by this Sea of Galilee. And he speaks to them. And he says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Friends, it's a wonderful invitation. And the reality is, as Jesus walks by the sea of our lives, and there are those moments when he speaks these kinds of words. Hear him tonight as he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Have we responded to the invitation of the master fisherman himself? Now, what is the invitation to? The text unfolds for us three progressive blessings that are part of this invitation. The first is the priority of personal relationship. I missed this for years. I was all about the ritual. But this begins with the priority of personal relationship. Jesus says, follow me. 
in the parallel account in the Gospel of Mark 1.17, he says, Come ye after me. It's actually the same word. There it's just translated come. Here it's translated follow. Come after me. It's the word that in John chapter 11, when Lazarus is there in the grave and Jesus has them roll that stone away and he says, Lazarus, come. That's the word here translated follow. Come forth. Come after me. Follow me. Oh, let's hear the words of Jesus tonight. This words, these words, follow me, uh, uh, really an adverb used in the sense of a command, but don't, don't just hear it as a command. It's an invitation. It's a personal invite from Jesus himself to join him in this journey and literally be taught by the master fisherman himself. It's an appeal to do what the men just sang, to know Jesus. You see, it's not just following after to try to imitate. No, get to know the person. It's an invitation to know Jesus. Friends, don't just write it off to certain other people from history and, and uh, whatever as the ones who get to know Jesus. No, this is for every child of God. God wants you to know him, and he wants you to know him more and more. He wants there to be a close intimacy. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know uh, when he speaks to you, when you're in a room, and there's a number of people there, and the Spirit of God says to you, talk to that one. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know him. Now, friends, when the Word of God comes alive to you, that's his voice. Get to know it. Because that's him speaking to you. Now, look, we know each other's voices. Now, you remember when phones didn't have the little, you know, the name of the person pop up? <laughs> remember when it had to be voice recognition? <laughs> I know the young people are looking at me like deer in the headlights. Uh, but <laughs> that's the way it used to be. And... Uh, you know, as my uh, nieces and nephews were growing up, you know, as they, especially through their teen years, sometimes I, I uh, because I you know, wasn't around them that much, sometimes I, I couldn't tell which one had answered the phone. And I'm trying, and I'm struggling. And I remember I called uh, my brother's house one time, and one of the nieces answered the phone, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, which niece is this? And I stammered. I said, uh, um, and my niece goes, oh, Uncle Johnny. Just with a stammer, <laughs> she knew my voice. Now look, God wants us to know his voice. Friends, he really does. And the truth is we need to trust his ability to speak, not our ability to hear. But he wants us to know him. And when the words of God come alive and the truth of God is like, oh, I've never seen that before. That's him speaking to you. Get to know that voice because he, he's, he's inviting us. Know me. Follow me. Now notice, he doesn't say follow fishing. He says follow me. The fishing will happen as a result. Friends, that's what we've been trying to emphasize all week long. You see, it's following a person. It's not follow a course or training. Now, I'm all for training. I just mentioned a course up there in the back. But the bottom line is it's following the person. And then he leads you to the training that he knows you need. It's not following a career. It's following Jesus. It's not, it's not follow sanctification. It's follow Jesus and you'll get sanctified. It's not follow service. It's follow Jesus and you will serve. Friends, get to know the person. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, whatever that is, I want you and I want to know you that way, he will hear that cry. We are often going to Jesus for something other than Jesus as if the something other than Jesus is better than Jesus. I'm going to tell you, friends, God's gracious to us and he often blesses in that way just to help us along. But you cry out to get to know Jesus himself and I'm going to tell you, God will begin to step into your life in a way that you have never known before. He says, follow me. Come after me. Know me. And friends, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to uh, God speaking to us, it is wonderful when God speaks to you and you know it. You know, in, in, in reading your Bible, uh, what we call devotions, you may have different phrases that you use for that. Uh, it's not just the intellectual exercise. Unsaved people can do that. It's God speaking to you. 
And friends, it's not just when you read your Bible. Throughout the day, when God says, this is the way, walk in it. And you know it's him. But it is a wonderful thing when the God of heaven, the God who spoke this world into existence, the God who's going to fulfill the eschatological timetable just like he said he would, that God, when he speaks to you, has singled you out from the billions on the planet. He knows you. Get to know him. He says, follow me. Follow me. Converse with me. Talk to me. For me, I often get rote in my prayer, and I'm constantly having to break out of, you know, because I just automatically memorize even without trying. <laughs> and, you know, you want to be faithful and regular, and yet on the other hand, you can get all mechanical and pedantic, and that's why it's helpful uh, to, to, to speak audibly if you can when you pray. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes you have to pray silently. I understand that. But I find for me personally, if I can get out where I can, I can lift my voice, it moves me from just the mechanical going through the motions to an actual conversation with God. And uh, where you can, that can be a practical help. But the truth is, converse with Jesus. You know, it's amazing what the Lord will tell you if you ask him questions. I mean, we're always going to God. I mean, and often if we do speak, we're saying, God, do this and do this and do this and do this. <laughs> As if we're in charge. But when you go to God and say, God, what do you want me to learn from this? God, what are you doing here? What can I trust you for? I know you're big enough to handle this, but God, what do you want me to trust you for? It's amazing what God will say to you. And, uh, uh, you know, I was telling the guys today at, uh, uh, at lunch, I was in uh, Dublin, Ireland one time, and we were in a bookstore and had a lot of neat books, Christian bookstore. And uh, uh, I hadn't, you know, been drawn to anything yet, and we were kind of getting ready to leave. And I said, Lord, is, is there a book here you want me to get? And immediately the Lord drew my attention to a particular title called The Spirit of Revival. It's the story of the Congo Revival of the 1950s. And what a blessing that account has been to me. Our friends, God speaks. He guides there. And he speaks to us and he, he leads us. But the point is he wants us to know him so that we can yield to him, so that we can follow him, so that we can recognize He's the leader. He really is. He knows what he's doing. And he's the power source, as we've been talking about all week long. Now, friends, we have this amazing provision with him. But, you know, if we stumble, then walk back in the light. It's just, you know, where we started Sunday morning. Uh, you know, if there's a day where you think, oh, man, I just ignored everything and I blew it big time. Okay, Don't revel, you know, don't wallow down in that. No, walk in the light again and God will clean you back up again so you can go back to walking in the spirit. <laughs> Walking in the light is how you deal with sin. Walking in the spirit is how you keep from sin. And you recognize, that, okay, that's the simplicity of it. That's the whole week in two statements. <laughs> and so when you get to know Jesus, when you recognize he's the one that we're focusing on, yes, if we've misstepped, then his light will shine. Hey, that's dirt. <laughs> and you can walk in the light. And otherwise, you're walking in the spirit. And it says they followed him. They walked the same road. They walked with Jesus. Now, friends, we might say, well, yeah, well, that's, I mean, you know, uh, that, that, what, yeah, but, you know, Jesus was right there. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit or not? Yes. And according to John 14, he's not just with us as he was with them. He's in us. He is. And we have the privilege of walking with Jesus. Walking with his Holy Spirit. It's an actual relationship. Beautiful. He says, follow me. Keep the focus on the person. Then... The next part of this, I'm not going to call it the second blessing or somebody will accuse me of preaching second blessing theology. <laughs> but the second part of the blessing, <laughs> that's a part of this progression of truth in this invitation, is the promise of supernatural transformation. He says, follow me. There's the personal relationship. And then he says, and I will make you. 
I will make you. It's the promise of supernatural making, transforming, supernatural transformation. I will make you. In the Gospel of Mark, it's translated, I will make you to become fishers of men. There's, this implies a process. As we journey with Jesus, as we keep our eyes on Jesus, then he, he brings us to what we need. And uh, he, he lets us know, okay, uh, when I tell you to, to speak, then speak. But but uh, when you trust me, I will empower you. And you have the wonderful truth of John 7, the rivers of living water flowing. We have the wonderful truth of Luke eleven thirteen 13, that you can ask for the quality of the Spirit, and God gives that dynamic where God's all over you as you're speaking, whether or not you feel it. And by the way, sometimes he lets us feel it, and sometimes he, he doesn't. And to me, it's far more exciting to speak the gospel and feel nothing, and the other person's overwhelmed, crushed by the Spirit, and they call on Jesus. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> that means God did it. <laughs> I remember talking to a lady one time. She was from Holland. I was in Ireland. And uh, quite a story leading up to this. But the Spirit of God was all over her case. I mean, she was, you know, this non-emotional European was just weeping <laughs> over the simplest of gospel truths. And God was just bringing it home to her heart. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, look at this. I don't feel anything. That's because God's doing it. Sometimes he lets you know that he's carrying you. Uh, you say, well, why didn't he give us the feelings all the time? Because then we'd start depending on the feelings. <laughs> no, it's following him. And he says, I will make you. And yes, in that transformation, he equips us with his own power. He also equips us with truth. And the truth is, he may lead you to take a course. I was in a net seminar one time, a netcaster's evangelistic training seminar, and we were emphasizing trusting in the power of the Spirit of God and not flesh dependence, but God dependence. And somebody raised their hand, well, if that's the case, why do we even need to take a course? <laughs> that's where the human mind goes. You know why you need to take the course? Because the Holy Spirit works through our faculties, not around them. The Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit bringing to your remembrance truth. Well, if he's bringing it to your remembrance, it means it's already in there. So the more you know of gospel truth, the more he can bring to mind in a given scenario when you need it. Now, if you just know a little bitty piece of the gospel, by the way, everybody knows a little bit if you're saved because you got saved. <laughs> but if you just know a little bit, you, you, you know, God can use you for people who just need that little bit. But the more gospel truth you know, that enlarges your capacity of who the Holy Spirit can use you to reach. And so, yes, when you follow Jesus, sometimes he'll say, study this. It can be formal training, like a course. It can be informal training. The point is, do what he says. He'll equip you. There are times when he just puts it on your heart. You need to get this training. There have been times in my life when I knew if I didn't do this, I'd be disobeying the Holy Spirit. And because uh, uh, he's equipping. And so that's the point. You're following him. And uh, we've been emphasizing that all week long. When you follow him, he will guide you to the right outcome. When you focus on the outcome, you miss him, and then it's just motions. But the fact is, he will lead you in a way so that when he says, hey, you need this training, he wants something in your mind. In other words, we said the other night, uh, uh, the focus is not on the guidelines. The focus is on the person, the guide. But you do need to know the guidelines. That's just not the focus. The focus is Jesus, and then he can work through uh, those Bible truths. In this case, in the matter of the gospel, the more gospel you know, the greater capacity of usefulness there is. It's marvelous. And do you know the Holy Spirit can also guide us to methodology? You know what's neat about traveling is you, you, you get to be in different churches you get to be in different parts of the country and different parts of the world and wow it's fascinating the ideas that God gives people for settings that they're in and when you study church history you see this but the Holy Spirit he, he gives us he gives us what we need in other words there's a lot of different methods there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different uh, avenues we might say of application um Door-to-door -door is a marvelous application. It's not the only application. I remember back a couple of decades ago when they started going through the apartment complexes and uh, putting the buzzer lock systems in. 
So now you couldn't go door to door. Well, my brother-in-law in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that's where I base, uh, quite a soul winner. He said, you know, when they started doing that, he said, I just, you know, instead of going door to door, he said, I went buzzer to buzzer. Now, not buzzard to buzzard, <laughs> but buzzer to buzzer. And uh, he said, I like buzzer to buzzer better than door to door. He said, in door to door, you know, you got you to gotta physically walk to each door and, and that takes extra time. <laughs> he says, when you go buzzer to buzzer, it's real quick and you get through the nose not knows, but knows <laughs> quicker. And then he says, when somebody says yes and buzzes you, they, he said, they just buzzed you in. You're in for a divine appointment. And he had wonderful divine appointments in harvest through buzzer to buzzer. <laughs> so funny. But you know, there's a lot of different avenues of application. In our world today, people are into online courses. They really are. I was uh, preaching at a camp up in North Dakota, and the uh, director there, what he does at the end of the week, he has all the young people go out, and they, they actually are involved in outreach. And so uh, last time I was there, they had these nice packets made up uh, um, of materials for the church, but they had a card, beautifully done, and it said, free! <laughs> that always grabs people's attention. Online Bible study course. So we'd knock on the door. I'm John Van Gelden. I had a couple teenagers with me and give their names. And, uh, you know, they're about ready to just kind of shut the door on us. I said, and we have a free online Bible course. And that, uh, that door would come right back open. It's our world. I've been on doorsteps where they wouldn't let me talk for 10 minutes, but they'll let me come back four weeks in a row for a Bible study in their home. <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's our world. I think of a pastor I was with in a little town, little town in central Illinois. And, uh, you know, there's only, you know, there's only so many people in the town. You know, and, uh, but he, uh, he got burdened. The Lord led him to, to take the Bible study approach. And people were interested in taking a course. They were even willing to come to his facility to take the course. In some cases, you're going to their home. In this case, they were coming there. I'm there on one night, and here's all these people at the table, and they're having this Bible study on the gospel. <laughs> I love it. See, the point is not to imitate somebody. The point is do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. I told you Sunday morning about Starbucks evangelism. <laughs> I have a dear friend in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Joel Long, and he loves coffee shop evangelism. And... Uh, he said, now, yeah, you, you got to go in there and you got to look for the guy that's not at a, at a computer because he's busy. Or not the one who's reading, they're busy, but the one that's just sitting there drinking coffee. He said, they're, they're there. And he said, now, you can't sit too close. That makes him uncomfortable, well, especially now with COVID, but uh, back before COVID. Uh, and uh, he said, you know, but you can't be too far away. But he goes and he engages them in conversation. And I'm telling you, he's, he's been used of God. Uh, it's really neat, too, because you get to drink coffee while you're witnessing. I mean, it's a really great way to go. <laughs> but, you know, God has these different things that can be done. I think of a church in Korea that uh, has been very effective. They train their people to take a certain radius around their house and memorize every person's name. You know what that shows? It shows care. It shows love. You memorize their name. And they teach their people uh, to look for opportunities to engage the neighbors in conversation, to call them by name, and to go through the neighborhood every so often and look for something in, on their property that needs fixing and offer to fix it. See, the acts of love can open the way for the message of love. It's what Jesus did. He healed people and he preached the gospel. And there's your precedent that that act of love uh, in the physical realm opened the heart for the message of love in the spiritual realm. And uh, uh, then when the Lord says now give them the gospel, they do. They have seen scores of people saved, scores of them. And then they start Bible studies right there in the neighborhood and then fold the, the Bible study cell into the church. It's fascinating. That's how God led that church. That's Seoul, Korea. The point is get the mind of the Spirit of God. You just took on missionary Mike Reddick, dear friend of mine. 
And uh, I was telling the guys today about a, a move of God at a church there in Singapore that uh, God used Mike uh, uh, to be a part of. And I'm going to tell you, that church got a hold of this. And uh, the staff goes uh, three days in uh, prayer and fasting every January to get the mind of the Lord. Lord, what applications now? Do you want us to change up something? Do you want us to add? Do you want us to take away? And they get the mind of God. And it's beautiful. I remember one year the Lord told them, cast as many nets as you can. So whenever an opportunity came, they took it from the Lord. God's in this because he wants us to cast as many nets as we can. And, and uh, uh, this was going back 20 years, and uh, that's when skateboarding was like really a big deal, and you had all those skateboard parks and go on, uh, uh, so on. And there was a girl in the church that was professional level, and she said to the pastor, she said, you know what, I, I can train professionally. She said, you can print up flyers and send out word. I will give free training. You set up the, uh, the, uh, the setting for it, and then you guys give the gospel. Well, we all can, and, and so on. So they set it up. He said, I'll facilitate it. And over a period of several months, they saw, literally, it was scores of teenagers come to Christ through that one application. Then it kind of ran its course. They shut that one down, went on to another one. That's the point. Follow the Holy Spirit. Back when Generation X uh, became a, a phrase, now I think we're to Generation Z. But in Singapore, Generation X had a little bit different connotation perhaps than here in the States, the way it's used. For us, it's a time period of when somebody's born. But for there, 20 years ago, it was describing the generation on, on the island of Singapore. Singapore's a nation, but it's an island. It's basically a big city. That's a whole nation. It's an amazing place. Uh, very wealthy, very high tech. Uh, uh, what happens in uh, your education at school determines where you are placed in society. So they started using the phrase genera Generation X to brand the, the kids who didn't do well in school. That's interesting because these are all bright kids, but their parents are so engrossed in what they're doing and making money that the kids are neglected. And so some of them, uh, because of the psychological neglect, uh, were not motivated in school, though they had good brains. And if they didn't do well now, they're doubly rejected by their parents. And uh, it's a pretty bad scenario. And so this group would gather together at a certain corner in Singapore. These were the rejects because they didn't do well in school. And some of them were, were actually brilliant kids, but this is where they would hang out. And so one year as the church prayed, the Spirit of God said, go to Generation X, go to that corner. Well, nobody went to that corner. But they did. I happened to be preaching at the church there in Singapore on the Sunday when the first two Generation X kids came. Do you remember when it was a brand new idea? Um, some will remember this, when hairstyles, you know, hairstyles changed <laughs> so radically. But there was a time period back 20 years ago where, where for guys it looked like it, they stuck their finger in a socket <laughs> and everything went ding. <laughs> and then there was the other one where they went against the wall and it went boom. <laughs> uh, but uh, you had these hairstyles that were, that were just now coming in. Well, I hadn't seen one yet. So this is, this is going back a ways. And I was preaching away, and I looked, and boom, there was this kid with a straight face, and his hair was ding. And, uh, and it almost made me laugh because I hadn't seen that hairstyle yet. But uh, uh, forgive me for just being honest, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so there they were, and I preached that day. Well, afterwards, the dear folk there, they, they fish. They fish right after those services. And they led both of those boys to Jesus Christ. Mike Reddick, my friend, your missionary, went to those boys and said, okay, why did you come here today? Why did you come to our church? And they pointed to a very well-dressed lady. Now, you got to get this. Well-dressed ladies don't go to their corner. And they said, because of her. Her name's Annie. See, Annie brought Jesus to their corner. Now, friends, this is, this is marvelous. Jesus says, follow me. I will lead you. I will empower you as you're speaking. I will equip you. Uh, if you need some training, I'll lead you uh, to get what you need. And I'll lead you even as to, to application ideas. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. You see, there it is. And of course, there's many, many more applications than what I have given. But that brings us to the third part of this blessing from this invitation. 
Yes, there is the personal relationship. That's where it starts. That's the major priority. But then there's this promise of supernatural transformation. And finally, there's the purpose of making disciples. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of souls. In Luke 5.10, it says, from now on you will catch men. And the word catch means to take alive. And fishing for fish... We catch them for death, so we can eat. Uh, but in fishing for souls, it's catching them alive. And that's inherent in the word in Luke. And here he says, fishers of souls, fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you. I'll transform you. I'll equip you. I'll make you fishers of men. In the year 2003, I came into a meeting, it was August, it was Iowa, out in the country, east side of Des Moines. I'd been to the church once, just on a Sunday morning, and this was my first full meeting there, so I didn't know the folk well yet. And uh, there was a huge story that led up to this. I didn't know this at the time, but a year or two prior, they had had a lot of trouble. Uh, they had uh, school situation, daycare, and you know, back 20 years ago, you could still paddle a kid in school. Now, in our world today, it's <laughs> everything's so risky, it's pathetic. But I remember getting paddled in school, at our Christian school. Uh, <laughs> you say, you got paddled? Yep, yep. <laughs> and I remember the teacher saying, now you got to bend over and hold your ankles, and if you let go of your ankles, you're going to get an extra whap. Man, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I gripped those ankles. And I remember, wham, that whap came down, and all the uh, water in my eyes went, boom, <laughs> right out on the floor. <laughs> well, he had paddled a kid, and uh, the mother needed some money. She wasn't from their church. And a couple of days later, she abused the kid. And then intentionally accused the pastor who had done the paddling of the abuse. Well, in our world, people don't believe the pastor, unfortunately. And it was a mess. It hit the news. Oh, they lost people in the church. And he had to do all sorts of, you know, uh, work in the community. That actually turned out for good. But uh, uh, at any rate, but uh, the youth group got cut in half. And his son was the youth pastor. I mean, they were down. And some months prior to the meeting, in the down, really being discouraged by all this, the youth pastor noticed in his library the book called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Now, the way to say that is follow me. And he read that, and God lit a fire in his heart. He passed the book to his dad. The fire spread. They passed it to a few others. The fire spread. They then formed a Saturday morning. They called it the Fellowship of the Burning Heart because <laughs> their hearts were just burning after God. God, if you don't step in, it's over. We need you. So I roll in on a Saturday night, set up my trailer. I don't know any of that. The pastor, who I don't know well yet at that point, says to me, now, John, he said, uh, there's about 15 people in our church who have a, burn, a burning heart. And I had no idea what he meant by that expression. I thought, okay. He said, no, it's not the whole church. He said, but there's about 15 people. Well, by Sunday night, I could see their faces. I could see the glow. I could see that fire in those faces. And after the service, oh, man, question, I mean, just intense questioning all about revival. I mean, not doubt questioning, but faith questioning, but how this and how that. And, I mean, it was like, wow, man, there's hunger. This is amazing. And, uh, oh, wow, do you know, in that meeting, God poured out a spirit. I think I mentioned it uh, the other night on the Wednesday night. The youth pastor was the intercessor who came to me. Yeah, I told you that story last night. He came to me and said before the Wednesday night service, God is going to do something special tonight. And that night we had an after meeting. That's a meeting after the meeting. And the meeting after the meeting went longer than the meeting. <laughs> and nobody wanted to leave because when God's there, you don't want to leave. <laughs> and oh, wow. And then it happened the next night. And then the next night. And it was just marvelous. Well, that same intercessor 
youth pastor. He's now the pastor. After the meeting, he went to God, and God stirred him with this text, Matthew 4, 19. He said, all right, Jesus, you said, if I follow you, you will make me a fisherman. So I'm, I'm deciding right now, Jesus, I'm following you. Now it's in your court. You said you'd make me a fisherman. He said, I'm not going to concoct anything. But if you will show me where you're working and let me know you want me to join you, then I, I said I'd follow you. As long as I know it's you, then whatever you lead me to do, I'll do it. Transaction. Well, a couple of days, maybe a week or two later, he gets a phone call, and there was a juvenile jail not too far away that needed a chaplain. And he said, normally I'd have just brushed that off. He said, I'm so busy at the church anyway. But I got to thinking, whoa, I can't just say no because I told Jesus I was going to follow him. And if, if there was something he wanted me to do, I, I'll do it. He said, I better check this out. So he told the guy, I'll come and at least see what it involves and uh, see if I believe God wants me to do this. And so he went and he told the Lord, now, Lord, you got to do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything fancy here. You got to draw kids out of their cells, <laughs> and so they let him make an announcement. He comes to this this hallway where the guys were in these cells, and they let him make this announcement. And he said, "All right, I'm gonna walk down the hallway, and I'll be at the end." And uh, they'd announced him as a chaplain, and he said, uh, "I have my Bible, and if you want to come and talk to me about the Bible, then you can come and talk to me." Nothing fancy about that. <laughs> and so he walks down the hallway passing by all these little windows, all these teenage guys looking out. There was a chair at the end of the hallway, so he just sat down. He said at first it was quiet. And then he heard one door <laughs> open up, one head stick out. <laughs> and that kid came. And that began harvest time. God moved. Now, friends, when Jesus is in on it, it gets exciting. I mean, it just gets exciting. Uh, you know, Henry Blackaby tells the story how in Canada they, they wanted so much to have these, these Bible studies on the, the college campus of their town, and, and they tried and tried. They, they called other groups that knew how to do this, and they did it all just right. They imitated it all, and nothing happened. And then God taught them, hey, why don't you look to me? Why don't you ask me to show, show you where I'm working? And wow. The truth hit him, and he told all of his kids. He said, we're shutting down everything we've attempted to do. He said, here's what we're going to do. He said, we're looking to God, and we're telling God, God, we're not going to do anything else until you show us where you're already working, because <laughs> that's when things are going to happen, and if you'll show us where you're working, we're going to take it as an invitation. That's where you want us to join you, and then we will. So he told all of his workers, that's what we're going to do. Well, these kids were in the colleges as well. And one girl, she had her Bible with her books one day at class. And a girl turned around after class and said, uh, that a Bible? <laughs> she said, well, yes, it is. She said, you know, a couple of friends of mine and I, we want to know what that book is about. But we don't, know, we, we don't know anything about it. You got one. Can you teach us? Now the Bible study took off. And I mean, it exploded. And that uh, other Bible studies came out of that. Look, they tried on their own, but when they followed Jesus, it started happening. See, that's the key here. It is the relationship with the person who's the real leader and the real power source. And as we follow him, he says, I will make you fishers of men. Do you know there might be folk in this audience tonight that have never let Never yet let a soul to Christ. Most audiences I preach to, that's the case. Now look, don't let the devil beat you up. Jesus is always about from now on. As he said to Peter, when Peter said in Luke 5, parallel account, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, oh no, but from now on, you're going to catch souls. Okay, so look to Jesus. Follow him. I'm going to tell you, when you do, it's amazing. 
I think of a dear friend in Ireland. Uh, she and her husband. I've uh, been at their church a couple of times, uh, many, many times over the years, but I had been there a couple of times in the 90s, and God had stirred them with the truth of the power of the Spirit for personal holiness, but they had not yet made the application for witness. And uh, I was there for a missions conference, and God made that connection for her, uh, this dear lady. And she wrote me an email and said, you know, I, uh, I, I, I've really been blessed by, by grace and the power of the Spirit for personal living, but I, I've never yet applied it to witness. And she said, I've never led a soul to Christ. I think she'd been saved for seven years at that point, something like that. And she said, I told the Lord, Lord... When you tell me to speak, see, she's following Jesus now. When you tell me to speak, I will obey. By the way, that, that means that he had talked to her before and she didn't obey. But because uh, she knew that, that she said, when you tell me, she said, the next time, which means there had been previous times. She said, the next time you tell me to speak, I will obey. So now she's set on Jesus. And so she writes in the, uh, the email. She said, the next day, the Holy Spirit said, speak. And she writes, and I was terrified. <laughs> but you know, faith is not a feeling. You can depend opposite your emotions. Now, you can let fear get you off the position of faith, or you can forget the fear and just trust God, and you can still exercise faith. And she said, I told the Lord, Lord, I am afraid, I'm terrified, but I told you that I would obey, so I'm going to. Now, Lord, I'm going to open my mouth, and if you don't step in, this is going to be a mess. And she wrote, and I opened my mouth, and she said, it was as if the Holy Spirit took over. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, he did, and he empowered her. And she said he brought uh, truth to mind in a coherent presentation of the gospel. And she said, I got to talk to that same uh, uh, person the next day, and they got saved. She said, that's my first one. Hey. Now, I've been to their church uh, almost every year for the last 20 years. So every so often I'll ask her, hey, how's it going? Do you still... Are you still used to the Spirit to lead people to Christ? And she is. She has been for 20 years. Now look, she went from nothing to becoming a fisher of souls. That's what happens when you follow Jesus. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.